Ugh. Ugh. Big week of news. Lots of news, right? News Fix your news. camera, man. I cannot, you're doing this peekaboo shit again. It's, it's news you can use today. Go. News you can use, right? Okay, hit me. Give well, me some I news mean- I can use. <laughs> oh, actually, I, there, I do have news that you can use. Today, we learned that all Southern black women keep $15,000 in their house. 50, dude. 50? I thought it was, I thought it was 5 no, but that came up That's in a separate piece of news featuring a personal finance columnist who gave $50,000 to someone. So she only had 15. 15 doesn't seem like a big deal to me, actually. Fonnie Willis? Yeah. Yeah, she when said 50, that it ranged from like 500 to 1,000 when she was hard up to 15,000 when she was flush. I mean, I actually, if it's only 15, I sort of, I sort of fuck with that. You know what I mean? Only 15. If it was 50, that's the suspicious territory, right? Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, 15,000 is like a lot, though. Why do you need that much? I mean, I don't think it's suspicious. I just think it's weird. Yeah, right. Like, there are people who do that, like, neurotically. Right. And, like, 15,000 is in the neurotic category, but not like, oh, you're doing a drug deal. It's not like Robert Menendez who had like bars of gold mm. in his house. You yeah. know, bars of gold in your that's, house. That's a little. <laughs> that's a little sus. You know, gold bullion from foreign, from Egypt. Weren't they marked? Like they had like Egyptian marks on them or something. They had hieroglyphics and shit on them. <laughs> Hieroglyphics of people doing like deals. Money laundering. Yeah. (laughs) Hieroglyphics of lobbying. Uh (laughs) But but yeah. um, So yeah. So those are the, that's the big news of the day is, I mean, I think this was a jam packed day of news, right? Sure was. Um, so Fonnie Willis had so four to, things happened. So let's start with they Fonnie. put her on the stand. That's she crazy. showed up and was like, "Hey, put me on the stand." Yeah, and because she had a relationship with a guy that she hired on the case, and this is, the this defense is, is claiming that the relationship started before she hired him, so it was like a corrupt thing. He, the thing about things like this, right, is if you explain it to a normal per- person who's like not like heavily politicized mm-hmm. they don't they have a certain kind of wisdom and they're like why does that matter the normal person wisdom yeah they're like what how does that that doesn't like affect the case no like <laughs> right like the fact that she's fucking a guy who works for her is unethical right or potentially you can, like you can say that maybe she shouldn't win her next election, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really have anything to do with Donald Trump or. Well, <laughs> I mean, the argument that it has something to do with Donald Trump is like they came up with this elaborate scheme to charge the president, you know, so that she could so hire could her boyfriend time- <laughs> to investigate for nine months or whatever. So they could spend time together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But like if you tell it to a normal person, they don't they they see through that and they're like, I don't see why that has anything to do with the case. It doesn't really make sense. I mean, 
maybe it makes sense that Donald Trump is being targeted as a political, you know, opponent and they're right. going after him because they hate Trump. Like that's, that's plausible, right? Like, right. Obviously that's, that's not the case, but it's plausible. It's, it's not really plausible to say like, Hey, I've got a great way to like corruptly give myself money. I'm going to indict the former president, you know, like <laughs> drag it out for nine months and then also, he's going to pay for our vacations. It's also like, like that's a horrible like, way to be corrupt. It's not like her plate isn't full, right? She's the, <clears throat> she's the, she's the prosecutor for Fulton County, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she could always well, find a game no, but, to indict. Um, the, the allegation is that that she hired him and then he's like giving her kickbacks by taking her to uh, Turks and Caicos or whatever. No, so like uh, Aruba. The, the allegation is that she's paying him too much, right? And that he's paying for their vacations. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't qualified for the job, right? She hired him as like, you know, buddy, buddy. And now he's like giving her kickbacks by... I think the yeah. kickback theory isn't very strong because they actually are having sex. <laughs> the kickback theory falls apart when they actually are having sex, you know? <clears throat> In a way, it helps that they're having sex. No, it doesn't fall apart. I mean, you can't like, if you were to, you know, hire your wife and give her a good paying job that could benefit you because you're a couple and you share. Sure, sure, sure. But like, it's not a kickback per se. Right, because you are. Yeah, it's like, not like a. It's not like a. You're sharing the room. Quo. It's 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 like you know you're, but you're basically paying yourself. Right, but again, I I think, so I, I don't know. You can read what lawyers say about it, right? On Twitter, X. You can read what people are saying about it, and I don't know if they're right. But the vibe I got, <laughs> the vibe I got from today was this trial is back on schedule. Like the defense motion is going to fail and she's going to remain the prosecutor and there won't be any delay. Yeah. Which I didn't think would happen. I thought. Would this, this have worked on Judge Judy? <sighs> would this defense like, <laughs> would that get get you off, you know? I also think politically- Your Honor, I move to dismiss on the fact that she had her hand in the cookie jar. I also think politically, this is not great for Republicans to be making a black woman go on stand to talk about the dick she's getting. Um, mm. I don't think it's a huge winner in Georgia to do that. You think um, they're going to be back down to winning 10% of the black vote or- <laughs> Right. <laughs> but- just optically, I thought I thought she did fine. You know, Republicans aren't going to like it because she's a sassy black lady, but I think she did what she needed to do to keep the case on track. Mm-hmm. Um, the other shocker, a true shocker. If, but the weird thing though is they have a witness, right? They have a witness who says that the relationship predated when they said it did. That they were actually, you know, in a relationship before she hired him. And if that's true, then they both perjured themselves, which I think is an uh, issue, right? I mean, I don't know about all that. Like. Like. <sighs> again, I, I don't, don't think that's going to. I think that would take a really long. I think the trial is still on track. That's what I'm saying. 
her like in a year she might be in trouble. See what I'm saying? Yeah, like so you're saying that they're not going to like kick her off the trial just because she lied on the stand and they can prove it. I think it's going to take time to prove that. I don't know that she would have though. That's weird though. So like what's up with this witness? I'm skeptical like, that they is, perjured themselves about that. Like, what's the point of perjuring yourself about that? I am too. I mean, it's It doesn't possible. make a huge difference whether you're fucking him after you hire him or before. It's still super inappropriate. And it's super inappropriate to like... Well... It, it's super inappropriate to keep him on a case where you're the boss. I mean, it, it does make a difference because she made the hiring decision. Like, if she was already fucking him, I don't know. I guess it's not it's that. It's still inappropriate. They were way. still friendly, right? Right. Yeah, because they were still friends before they were in a relationship, so. And I mean, he he said, I mean, he went on the stand and said that he was, he had cancer then, right? That seems like a really wild thing to make up, right? So he probably did have cancer then, right? Yeah. I don't think, I mean, if she lied, like her career is going to be over. Right. It's a crazy thing to do. So, but then that leaves the question then what's up with this witness? Like, did Giuliani come in with a suitcase full of cash? And Well, I mean, speaking of witnesses, right? A witness that was the core of the impeachment case against Biden that had, that was vouched for by Grassley and Comer turned out to just be a liar who probably was yeah. paid off by Russia or a Republican of oh some sort. Uh, so he, he, he now has charges against him. For lying to the FBI? Yeah. You know, I I would suggest that, you know, I guess if the Russian government paid him to do it, I wouldn't recommend him to tell us about that. But if a Republican paid him to do it, I would talk. I would talk about that. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> the, indict, the indictment seems to imply that he simply didn't like Joe Biden. I, I just, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe that mm. someone would be willing to... Was this like Hunter's business associate or something? Dude, so this was like some fucking guy who worked for Burisma in 2017 in like a really minor capacity. And he just chose to make up a whole story about working with Hunter Biden when he was there. And yeah, like the story is entirely fraudulent. So like what establishes his credibility as a witness? Nothing. Oh, they, they, nothing. He's just a rando. I mean, he was like a Russian guy who did, did have some connection to Burisma. That's it. Wow. <laughs> um, Fuck. you know, there's probably, I, I just think there's probably more to that story, you know, how he became a witness and like, he lied to the FBI, like he was an FBI informant and lied to them directly. Um, right. It just seems like the kind of thing that the Russian government would do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like a layup kind of deal. I mean, they gotta be trying some some more shit. Like they have there's no reason for Russia to like stop trying shit right now. Did you see that Putin like you know, you, you gotta give Putin credit because you know, he'll he'll I throw do. you some he'll you'll he'll throw you some curveballs, you know? Yeah. Like he did that interview with Tucker Carlson. Who is definitely, definitely compromised in some way. There's something going on with Tucker, right? Seriously? You think so? There's too much now. Here's when I knew that there was something up with Tucker. 
is when he had Kevin Spacey on the show. Yeah, why? To me, like he's he's had a lot of accused rapists and child molesters on his show, right? Oh. And to me, it's like he's setting up a thing where Me Too is fake, where accusations are fake, because hmm. there's there's something out there about him. The yeah. spacey thing was too much. Like no one no one's okay with that. Right? Like if <laughs> if Spacey had just been accused by like adult women then Republicans could get on board because they're, they're cool with that. Right. But, you know, male children, they're not okay with that. And you how know, old was Spacey when he was fucking male? Like teens. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the allegation that destroyed, destroyed his career. That was when he was like in his thirties and the kid was like 14 or something. Oof. Yeah. Maybe even younger than that. I don't know. Yeah, this is this is an interesting theory. I mean, that I, I think that kind of checks out. Like, it's just such a wild move having him on the show, dude. Like, no one else has done it. Like, and he's like, he's got to be a lib, right? Spacey. I Spacey. Mean, well, like, who knows what Spacey is now, right? Mm. Like, Spacey is probably whatever you want him to be if it pays the rent. But he wasn't. He wasn't like you know fucking alt right coded. No, 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 for sure. Uh, it was it's not like Kid Rock got accused and <laughs> you gotta you gotta stick by your boy or right? Nugent. But like <laughs> but like yeah, to me he's setting up a there's something about him and he's trying to set up a thing where accusations are fake, right? That's interesting. Um and will we ever find out? I mean like circling back to it, like Putin yeah. Putin did that interview with him and the interview did suck because Carlson doesn't know like because Carlson is a sycophant. <laughs> to authoritarian dictators in Eastern Europe. Yeah. For whatever reason. And Putin like came out this week and was like, the interview wasn't good. Like he didn't ask enough substantive questions. It was just me talking too much. It was boring. And then, and then uh, he was like, you know, overall Biden's like preferable. Cause like I can, you know, he's predictable and I can trust him, you know? <laughs> and like, I don't know. You know, I'm sure he's lying. I'm sure he doesn't want Biden to be president for obvious right. reasons. But it is a it is a curveball he threw there. Yeah. Cause normally he would say like Biden is insane or dangerous in some way. Yeah. Uh, but so that happened. I think that was like yesterday. It's been a newsy week. The thing that was a shocker, truly shocking, was Judge Eileen Cannon, America's number one Trump fan. America's sweetheart. Refused to extend the pretrial deadlines for the Mar-a-Lago documents case. And, oh, wow. You know, people can say what they want about it, but this is her not doing what Trump wants, for sure, which is a good sign. It's a good start. Yeah. Like- also, so is she just wildly incompetent? Is that the new? I, I mean, was a hundred. Are we switching sure. back to that theory? I was a thousand percent sure she was going to extend those deadlines. Right? There's nothing stopping her from doing that. Um, right. So there's lots of theories about it. Mm -hmm. One theory is that DOJ threatened her and yeah. said, "Like enough okay. is enough. We're gonna like there's." There's a way you can motion for recusal, 
right? Right. And they're like, we're going to actually try that if you keep doing this. Maybe that's possible. I don't know. I think it's totally possible. But, I mean, based on her doing that, I mean, it seems fairly likely that we actually will get a trial. Eventually, yeah. The trial is on the books, right? It's already been scheduled for May 5th, or maybe it's May 25th, sometime in May. So yeah, if it's on the schedule, and there's no, there's, there's no like inherent, you know, it's not pending on immunity. There's nothing else like preventing it from going forward except, you know, canon potentially foot dragging, right? Right. It, it just seems to me that she did that for a reason and yeah, you know, maybe she changes her mind, but at least we're in the game is what I'm saying. With a trial I had written off, I thought for sure she would not, that she was going to extend the pre-trial deadlines, right? And just keep doing that until November. Right. So, like, that's two trials that might actually be happening. You know, we probably Wait, should have a lawyer on the two, show. So, DC, you're talking about DC and uh, Mar-a-Lago? Georgia. Georgia might be happening. Georgia. Georgia's going to happen before DC? No. Georgia waits for the feds, is my understanding. So then we're talking about DC Margalago. You said two trials are going to be, might actually happen. What I'm saying is we might get the full smorgasbord of four trials, right? Four trials? Four trials in a year, yeah. Some crazy shit. Like the Supreme Court. Now I'm starting to think that, you know, maybe Republicans have a point because- how can someone commit this many crimes? You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot. Like, four four different crimes he did in hey, all man. different places. That's hey, crazy. Man. I mean. <laughs> it must be all concocted. You think? Think that's a Republican I mean, thing? like, probably, right? <sighs> like, two. Okay, two trials. All right. Maybe he did two separate. Like, four. Four, okay, they're just, you know, making stuff up. So everyone. I mean, the thing about Republicans that we need to really underline is that they are liars. Like, you should yeah. never believe a Republican about anything. They lie to pollsters. They lie to your face. They lie to themselves, really. Yes. I don't believe that if a Republican sat down and looked me in the eye, they could say with convincing honesty that they do not think Donald Trump is a huge crook. It's Donald Trump. Like Donald Trump is one of the most obvious crooks ever, right? He's like a caricature of a crook. Yeah. But he lies constantly. He's a real estate guy from New York, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He does look like a cartoon villain. Like everyone knew he was a crook 20 years ago, right? All those people thought he was a crook 20 years ago. Right. But they're, they're brainwashed, you know? So it's like deep yeah, state. I know. I know. Coming after I know. But as an example of that, we had a whole like one week mega controversy over this Republican prosecutor saying that Joe Biden has a bad memory. And today it comes out that the prosecutor claimed he couldn't remember when his son died, you know? Mm-hmm. And it comes out that Biden remembered the date. He just forgot the year, right? Mm -hmm. 
you know, the fact that he's more focused on the time of the year his son died than the year really is not a big deal. Obviously not something that should have been in a prosecutorial document, right? But the media loved it because the media thinks it's true. Thinks it's true that he couldn't remember the year? Well, who knows? Like maybe the media is like, this is something people think, therefore we have to report it as if it's true. They love. I mean, he that. probably uh, he probably did fuck up the year, right? He probably fucked up all those years, right? I don't believe like, he I fucked up he, the he years of his vice presidency. I think that's bullshit. Really? You think he just made that up, put it in a report? I think what he did is every time a year came up, he asked for clarification, like, right? Because you mm-hmm. want the prosecutor to clarify each time. Was this a vice presidential thing you're talking about? Mm-hmm. So like, let's say a prosecutor says to you, is asking you about things you did where there's a zone where it's totally legal, right? Yeah. You want to vocalize to him that all those things were in that period, right? So you say, so this was when I was vice president, right? So it's not because you're confused about whether you were vice president in 2013. It's because you're trying to pump him with, hey, this is when I was vice president, right? And shit, it might even get confusing, right? Like when he's jumping around in chronological order, right? He might even get confused because, you know, he's been president and vice president for a really long time, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, 12 of the past 16 years. I'm not sure I'm buying this. So he says like, so in 2012, you did X, Y, Z and Biden's like, so I was vice president then, right? Yeah. Like, of course, because you were vice president from 2009 to Uh 2017, January, whatever. That's the other thing is he brought up 2009. 2009 is ambiguous. Uh. Right. Because he wasn't vice president for the whole year. (laughs) I mean, okay. So there's like three weeks when he wasn't vice president? Yeah. And given the fact that he was like, you know, he forgot when his son was born, when his son died. And like, (laughs) like Biden said the date his son died, but he got the year wrong. I'm skeptical Mm -hmm. that the rest of it was accurately described as well. All I'm saying. Because he's saying like. Yeah. Yeah. I I get what you're saying. Cause like he wasn't like Biden got the year wrong. He was like, Biden couldn't remember when his son died. Right. Right. So yeah, he's trying to play it up to. Well, obviously the the other thing is like everyone knows. Biden is old as shit. Right. Right. But everyone knows that he shouldn't have put that shit in, in the document. Right. Like none of that (laughs) was relevant to the prosecutorial decision. It was whiny, like he's bitching, basically, right? But people know that, but then still also accept it as true, right? (laughs) Like they can't imagine that a prosecutor would lie by omission or... All I'm saying is, in general, when Republicans say things, you should just not believe them, right? Even if they're a prosecutor, even if they're... I mean, especially if they're a prosecutor... (laughs) (laughs) and i think people forget that they like you're saying i shouldn't trust police what (laughs) well that's why we need liberal cops man 
That's true. All right. So what's going? What else is happening? We talk about Rocky Two. You want to get? You want to get into Rocky Two? Sure. Good film. I know you like it. I like Rocky Two. You don't like Rocky Two? I don't like Rocky Two. You think Rocky Three is better than Rocky Two? Much better. Much better. Oh, wow. Much much better. Rocky Two to me is like a movie. I don't want to say it's a cash grab, but I don't think they had an artistic intent there. Oh, okay. Unlike the one where he fights make... Hulk Hogan, you don't think they had. We're going to get to that intent. movie in the next episode. We're going to get to that movie in the next episode. Okay. Well, I think this is turning into like a two-three thing because now you're now you're no now you're pumping for three. You want to dump on two, but you're saying three's off limits. I mean, we were going to do one movie an episode. Okay. We can do Rocky two and three if you want. What I'm going to, okay, here's the thing. So Rocky two to me is they were looking at Rocky and they were like, let's recapture what people liked about Rocky. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the tone is the same. Mm -hmm. It's still trying to be a movie about someone who's down on his luck. Right? Yeah. His life doesn't change really, which is, I think, fairly implausible. They don't really have a. Of all the Rocky movies, I think this one has the most synthetic crisis in it, right? Where the crisis is Adrian has a miscarriage, right? Um, um this to me feels very melodramatic and kind of like lazy. Um, hmm. What I liked about to it me the movie is... drags. Like to, when it starts, I like that it starts with you know the direct aftermath opening, right? Where they're going to the hospital. You know, most movies don't show that experience of boxers recovering. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the bond that's kind of created by two people who were in a great boxing match. I like that. I don't like Rocky, like trying and failing to record commercials. I don't like, I think, is this a movie where there's a big elaborate business about his leather jacket? Right. No, like that must leather be Rocky ja- five. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the one where he gets the jacket with the tiger on it. I don't think so. I think it is. That's, but, that's Rocky five, man. No, but like that, all that business, I'm just not interested in it. I don't find the movie it's compelling. Great. What are you talking about? It's got the robot. Wait, it's Rocky is that Rocky? F- oh, fuck. Never mind. No, but no, yeah, Rocky four. Okay. The robot comes in when they're like, okay, fuck. Fuck it, you know. Let's just make this like commercial. Let's but, not talk about um, Rocky Four. Why are we talking about Rocky Four? I got confused, Matt. Calm down. So Rocky, Rocky Two is great because people think people think when you make it that like everything's going to change and your life's going to be great and it's just going to be easy street. But you know what success really looks like a lot of the time for a lot of people. You have a big success and then you wake up the next day. And you're the same fucking schmo. And you got to go out there and like do it again. 
And that's the reality, my friends. You think like, you think when you get that first book published that you're just going to be like this household name and like, it's going to be a big thing, but you got to write another See, fucking this book, reminds man. me. And it doesn't this mean reminds they automatically me of the Creed films. This reminds me of the Creed films where to me, the stakes just aren't that interesting, right? Like, okay, he has to get motivated to do it again, right? And okay, Apollo has to decide if he wants to have a rematch against the guy who put him through hell, right? To me, the stakes of that are low, and I'm not compelled by it. And I feel like the decision to have Adrian have a miscarriage or, you know, almost die during delivery, to me, that felt like forced and tacked on Mm. and... You know, her decision to just wake up and then be all of a sudden pro boxing. Like in the moment, it feels great, right? When she says win, right? Mm. But to me, it's not as powerful as the other films and I'm not as motivated by it. However, when she says that, they do kick up the training sequence, right? Training sequence is, you know, the bar is being raised with the the training sequence in this one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then the boxing match itself is is more compelling and more advanced in its style than the first film. Is this the one where he chases the chicken? Yeah. Right. Okay, good. If you can catch a chicken with your bare hands. I would say this movie is better from a Mick standpoint, right? There's better Mickey stuff in it. Like when he is at the hospital with him. Burgess Meredith, by the way, listeners... You know, great actor, great performance as Mickey. I believe he won the Academy Award for it, right? For the first one. Burgess Meredith slayed some absolutely elite pussy in his lifetime. Like, (laughs) you would not believe. No one stands above Burgess Meredith. Uh, There was a time when he was, you know, Howard Hughes, like, you know, in that mix, the Howard Hughes mm-hmm. Warren Beatty mix, mm-hmm. um, and then so that's that's how I feel about it. I just don't feel moved by it. I don't feel compelled by it, and it feels too it feels too tonally similar to the first one. Hmm. Where what I like about the franchise are the shifts in tone. Hmm. Okay. Whereas Rocky Three, to me, I, I can't imagine why you don't like Rocky Three. <clears throat> Can I can I tell you, or are we gonna wait? Yeah, tell me why you don't like Rocky Three. Like ten minutes into the film, he is being held in the air by Hulk Hogan in a boxing ring and like twirled around. And we're supposed okay. to like, I guess, what's in this what's... Rocky universe, like professional wrestling is is real, and no. we're just supposed no. to believe that. No. That's not what it's implying. What, you think he was in on the act? There's a long, like, legacy of wrestlers competing against boxers in, like, exhibition contexts. And so, like, first of all, what you're seeing there, like, that could actually happen. There's also, like, a long legacy of boxers and wrestlers. What do you mean that could actually happen? You're saying that Hulk Hogan could actually pick up Sylvester Stallone in a fight and hoist him aloft? Or are you saying? (laughs) 
They, what I'm saying is that these sorts of like wacky ass promotions where things mm. go wrong, that that's not that unusual. And I'll tell you an example, which I'm sure inspired. But in the film, we're supposed to think it's real. Like, we're not supposed to think that, like, they're like, like, okay, and then you'll, you know. Yeah, because fucking Thunderlips, Thunderlips is a little unbalanced, right? And takes the shoot too far, as they say, right? That That's your read on it, okay. Well, but I can tell you, like, in boxing history, one time when Muhammad Ali was heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. um. They came up with some promotion where he was going to do a mixed martial arts thing against a Japanese wrestler, Inoki. I can't remember his first name. And they had it all planned out. What was going to happen is Ali was going to like punch him, and then he was going to cut himself surreptitiously, as wrestlers can do, right? And then pretend to be mad and then like wrestle Ali to the ground and pin him with an illegal hold and lose that way. That was the plan mm. that was scripted. Mm-hmm. And then 30 minutes before the fight, <laughs> Ali decided he couldn't do that because of his Muslim religion. He couldn't lie to people. Oh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the word like filtered back to Inoki, right? And then like yeah. Inoki like shit himself, right? And didn't know what to do. And so what Inoki decided to do is like, he would just crab walk on his back, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he would just crab walk on his back and then like kick at Ali's legs. And then (laughs) Ali would just like jab at air, like try to reach down and jab his face from a standing position. Yeah. yeah. And they did this, John, they did this for 15 rounds, 15, three minute (laughs) rounds of this. Oh my God. It's literally all they did. Ollie's legs were apparently like wrecked, right? Like he had, like he couldn't spar for like six months. Is there a video of this? Yeah, you can watch the whole fight. I've watched the whole fight before. Oh my God. Um, I think Ollie lands like two punches. Yeah. Um, How does he punch him? And they get, they, they gave Ollie the decision. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, it's funny just the fact that you're doing this like staged fight in against this like, you know, vicious, awesome boxer. And at the last minute, he's like, you know what, bro? I can't lie. Like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta like actually beat the shit out of you. <laughs> it's like, so I just, I'm just not comfortable not beating the shit out of you. But I just feel that, you know, I think that the thunder lip sequence is not necessary. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's not. Necessary. I think they did it. I you, think they might did say it because extremely egregious and superfluous. Well, cause doesn't it come before the good time sequence? Oh, uh, like the movie yeah. opens this, with this thunder at the lip. Very start of the film. Yeah. You're talking about, Oh, he or does buy after a jacket. The good time sequence. He does. Th- that's where he blows all his money. The good time sequence, he blows all his money. Yeah, no, it's it's before that. So, like, is it before or after the good time sequence when he wrestles before. Thunderlips? So then he wrestles Thunderlips and then it goes, dun, 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 dun. Is that what happens? Because the good time sequence dun, is dun, him dun, knocking dun. out everybody and riding on a motorcycle and getting rich and be having a happy marriage. And that's what opens uh, the film. 
Okay. I think that's what well, opens. Then and then it's Thunderlips, right? Okay. Yeah. So you could cut out Thunderlips, right? Mm. And just go to Polly being jealous, which I believe is the next sequence, right? <laughs> okay. Polly getting drunk at a bar and like breaking the Rocky pinball machine. Mm. Um, because, Polly you know, the fool. movie is so, but then to me, the movie, number one, it's the, it's the first film in the franchise that Stallone directed. And I feel he's by far the best director of the franchise, right? The movie looks great. It has like a vibe to it. And it's a story, it's a story that captures sports much better than the first two films. Because it shows something that's really true, which is that when you're that successful, you get soft, right? Mm. He gets soft. But they don't, what I really love about Rocky Three is that it's a very plausible film, right? Hmm. They don't depict him as getting so lazy, right? Or slacking off, right? He trains yeah. hard. He gets in great shape. They go through all the motions of training. He wants to win, right? But he lost the eye of the tiger, right? That's he lost it. the craziness. Yeah. He lost his the craziness that was his talent, right? It's the thrill of the fight, you know? The fearlessness that he had, right? Rising and up to the challenge of your rival. This beautiful story of friendship, right? A rival coming back to train him. What a beautiful story, right? And we also learned that, you know, Mick, it was all a lie, right? That Mick was getting... No, but it's kind of, it's not, it's, but they don't do we it set like him up that. With patsies. They make it, they weren't patsies. They were yeah, but... not the most, they were not the most difficult opponents, but they weren't patsies, right? And he says that. He right. says they were good fighters, but they were fighters that you would beat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's part of the boxing business, right? Like you, you know, if you're a champion and you want to keep your belt, you have to fight a number one contender once a year and everything mm -hmm. else is up to you. Right. I see. And then you have Clubber, right? Who is a guy who deserves a title shot, but doesn't get it and has to wait. Right. Yeah. And that's a very true a boxing story where a champion who is a good champion and is the best in his division nonetheless has one guy in the division he doesn't want to fight because it's too much of a risk right i also love the character of clubber lang because you know from a per certain perspective clubber lang is a hero right like clubber lang has an anger problem <laughs> right mm. and he's rude right but he also came from nothing right nothing was handed to him he just went out there and beat everyone like i when i see clubber i don't root against him necessarily and i like that because they could have made right. him just like i don't know a, an over-the-top villain where yeah it's very one note but it, like there's an admirable nature to clubber for me hmm and then, of course, Mr. Well, you T. You know what, like, Rocky too. Well, yeah, what? Mr. T is great. Well, you know what, what Rocky Two has. That's, that's all Sylvester Stallone, by the way. 
giving us Mr. T. What do you mean? He like watched Mr. T was like a bouncer or something. He sat next and to he, Mr. T on a flight. No, no, it wasn't like David Hasselhoff. He was like a bouncer and a bodyguard for someone famous, like wow, like Rick James or something. And yeah. he went on like a TV show where bouncers like competed, you know, yeah. like bouncers like doing like you know, you know athletic competitions, right? Sure. To see who's the you know the, the toughest dude. Sounds and good. Stallone like watched it and was like, "That's my guy." <laughs> he briefly, they briefly considered having heavyweight contender Ernie Shavers in the movie, who was, you know, maybe the hardest puncher in the history of boxing, with no exaggeration. Mm-hmm. But apparently, what happened is they were like rehearsing, and Ernie didn't pull a punch and <laughs> knocked Stallone out. And Stallone oh, was shit. like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck that." Yeah, you really can't do that. But yeah, I love that the sh- the fight is short, right? It's a three-rounder. Most movies don't – most boxing movies don't have a great fight that takes place in three rounds. But that's something mm. that happens in boxing. Like some of the best fights ever are three rounds, you know? Mm. The training sequence – It's amazing how much of this movie I've already forgotten. It is I, I the best it, like... training sequence, right? That's the – that's the eye of the tiger one. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, the jumping up and down but, the sand and hugging. Oh, that's fun. But Rocky Two has the living in America sequence. No, that's Rocky Four, dude. That's Rocky Four? Yeah. Fuck. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you just watch this? <laughs> I just watched all of them, yeah. And you know them, you remember, I mean, you remember like every fucking scene. It's crazy. (laughs) Like all the segues and stuff. But yeah, weren't you, weren't you, why weren't you charmed by Rocky three? Like the friendship, the training sequence, Mr. T, that part where they go to the gym in, in LA where it's nothing but black guys and they're suspicious of Rocky at first. I mean, that part was cool. I don't know. I just felt like that Rocky two still had some of the, the indie film luster. I thought that, you know, his continuing struggles were an interesting comment on the guy without a lot of options. Right. And so like, I think that's true, but I don't know. I I just, it feels, it feels the wrestling stuff just really, I mean, like, it just lost all credibility to see St- Stallone being twirled around in the bro. Incredible. But I got, I got, I got to tell you, dude. If you had seen this movie when you were eight years old, like yeah. that scene, it was such a gift to eight-year-olds at the time. Because when yeah. you were eight years old, Hulk Hogan was a big fucking deal, right? Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. you put on Rocky Three, and you don't know that he's in it, and right? you're like. Hulk, the the Hulk, the Hulk Hogan. <laughs> mom, yes, you mom. Freaked, like it's del- it's delighted audiences. I don't think any audience member ever disliked, <laughs> you know. But you're right. Like he wasn't he wasn't uh, on the on the bill. Hmm. Like uncredited. Probably not. <laughs> he didn't put him. He, he probably wasn't. On, he probably isn't on the poster. 
Probably not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's a fun little cameo. But, uh, but yeah, there's a tonal shift, right, to the Stallone directed ones. But to me, Stallone is a much more interesting director. Like his his movies just look they look like ads for chewing gum, right? They look fucking good. He was so vain. Mm. He is so vain that whenever he directs a movie, it looks fucking choice, right? It looks the, his use of contrast, the colors, it just works. Um, mm. And to me, the editing too, like the editing of the Eye of the Tiger sequence, the song Eye of the Tiger, right? They knocked it out of the park with that one. Yeah. The training sequence, man. This movie has a failed training sequence. Right, because he fails at training at first. Mm. How does he, he can't fail? win the sprints? He can't. He can't oh, dance. Right, where he's losing. Yeah, they show him sucking. And then Adrian yeah. has, and then Adrian has to talk to him. You know, she has the talk at the at the beach, and she's like, I don't know. I just your think this together. is the best movie that shows like a talented athlete who has achieved everything being confronted by the fear of. How continuing being a lie. Maybe things are good, just going to get worse and facing that reality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, lots of boxers just quit after one one loss. Because would you say it's a film about a man's struggle with imposter syndrome? Yes, I think it absolutely is, right? Yeah. And that's where I love the ambiguity, right? Where Yes, Mickey protected him, but he also wasn't fighting bums, right? Yeah. Like they show they show in the montage that one guy's like, you know, the heavyweight champion of Italy, right? Or like the number six contender, right? Mm-hmm. Like they make clear that these weren't bums, right? They weren't frauds. But in the montage, you see Clubber and Mickey watching Clubber and being like, oh shit, we can't fight this one. Right. I just think it all works. I think having Mickey die made sense in the rhythm of the series. Like you can't have every movie be about how old Mickey is. (laughs) 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 Even though Burgess Meredith himself at the time wasn't that old. Right. Yeah. You know, he was playing older than his age in the franchise. Yeah. I just feel like, in this movie, in Rocky Three, there's a plausibility and a realism that it doesn't get credit for because it looks so much like a commercial and so slick. Hmm. But the performances and the stakes and the sports story is all very plausible. Like it's a story that's been told many times. Yeah. You know, I got to say, your knowledge of boxing puts it in an interesting context because. A lot of the shit that comes up in the film, I think, is just like, you know, an artifice of the film. But you're saying like a lot of the stuff is actually common to boxing, like picking your opponents, right? Or, yeah, there are a few other things like that. Mm, You know, like guys who specialize in taking damage and like that kind of shit. So, right. The movie, the movie where things move into like science fiction is Rocky Four. And and we'll get to Rocky. That's a solid, yeah. I like Rocky, Rocky Four is is <laughs> Rocky Four is doing something different, which again I like. But Rocky Three to me is you know a beautiful story. Like 
The first one is a love story, and this one is a friendship story. Mm -hmm. Whereas the second one, I don't know what it's about, really. To me, it, you know, it reminds me a lot of like Halloween 2. Have you ever seen Halloween 2? No. John Carpenter only made two Halloween movies. He made the first one, which of course is a classic and, you know, arguably the first slasher movie. Mm -hmm. And that movie was very low budget and made a crazy, crazy amount of money. I believe it was the most successful film in terms of proportion to its budget at the time. Mm -hmm. The record holder now, I think, is something like, you know, Paranormal Activity or The Blair Witch Project. One of those, okay, found footage type movies. But at the time, it was you know it was it cost like a hundred thousand dollars and made a hundred million or something like that. And then you know they really pressured him to make another one, and his heart wasn't in it, and he just kind of did it to do it. And it tries the same thing where like Halloween night just continues. So where the previous movie left off, it immediately begins, and there's not enough of a tonal shift. There's not enough new ideas. It just feels like they're doing the same thing. Hmm. For me, that's what I get from Rocky II. Rocky II- You could kind of make that know, criticism against blue. all the Rocky films, though. I mean, they are a little formulaic. No, right? see, I don't think so. Because I feel like Rocky Three is like, you know, trying some wacky shit, man. Like, the wacky yeah. shit bothers you, but the wacky shit is a new idea, right? Hmm. Well, I mean, we already agreed that the wacky shit that bothers me is like pretty superfluous to the plot, right? I actually think like having Clubber, not Clubber, having what's his name, Carl Weathers Apollo? come back and train him. Yeah, that was that was a good idea, and I like the black gem thing. It's also teaching him rhythm. Also I mean, that's is this, is this the first film where a black guy teaches a white guy like rhythm in order to help him succeed? I'm trying to think. It could be. It's pro <laughs> It's definitely not the only one, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might be the first. <laughs> it's one of the only movies that could truly get away with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you think so? I think if you did I mean, like you could get away with I, a lot, I think if but. you had a sequence of like in like Save the Last Dance or one of those dance movies where it happens, people would be upset. <laughs> right? <laughs> it would bother them. But like in a boxing contest context, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Also, the like the dancing stuff, that's totally a boxing thing. Like if you have if you have a fighter with bad feet, you do like they do take dance classes sometimes. Or I know Evander Holyfield, when he lost to Riddick Bowe and then it was the rematch, the trainer was like, do your ballroom dancing, like as much ballroom dancing, because that's how you're going to have to win is by dancing around. Yeah. And it's that or the chicken. <laughs> right. So and I'm sure the chicken, that's the, the fucking chicken. That's like classic boxing trainer bullshit. Like I can totally believe that someone did that. Oh, really? Old school boxing trainers love to do wacky shit. Like I remember George Foreman, he hated road work when he was in his second career in his forties. And the way he did is he would like put on a harness 
and then like pull a truck right up the down the street wow. <laughs> and like that would shorten the amount of time that he would do it right and it would still build that kind of strength yeah but that's the kind of wacky shit you do find in boxing training what are you supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, just, just run. run. And he he was old, his knees hurt, he didn't want to do it anymore. So he pulled a truck. I can totally see I can totally see Rocky yeah. pulling a truck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. And I guess, you know, if you didn't connect to it, that's fine. That's true. You know, there's no accounting for taste. Um and you know, maybe I'll watch it again, it'll hit me different. Yeah, thunder because I'll be looking at it with, with fresh thunder eyes. Thunder lips really turned you out. Thunderlips, great name for a wrestler. Hmm. Great name for an escort. <laughs> I like that it, he's not Hulk Hogan. Like they cr- created a new persona for Hulk Hogan for the movie. I believe when it came out was right when Hulk was getting famous as well. Like, uh, probably this is the movie that made Mr. T famous, but. Hulk Hogan was also like just getting big when it came out. Hulkmania I don't even think Hulkamania had mm-hmm. started. Hulkamania started when he picked up Andre the Giant and body slammed him. Oh. Um, you know, an incident, you know, caught up in lore. I didn't know that it was like a discrete era of which you could delineate the precise, you know. According to of- everyone, that match was the changing of the guard where Hulk became the true number one superstar. At the time, at the time, I see. So Andre, Andre was, was getting old, and like, you know, according to legend, you know, Andre the Giant weighed like five hundred pounds or something. And according to legend, when when Hogan did it, he tore his lat, and that lat was never the same. Whoa! I do have to say though, Hulk Hogan is like, like one of the biggest liars. <laughs> Like if you read Hulk Hogan lies, it's really fascinating. Like the things he lies about and he, he does it so much that I think it's sort of part of his persona to lie, you know? Hmm. Like, look. Well, he can't be all bad. He took down Gawker at least. I, I, I support Gawker in that, even though so many people there are my enemies. Let's look up some Hulk Hogan lies. He took. He claims that he took a Make a Wish kid to a wrestling show that he never even attended. <laughs> he said that he secretly wrote all his movie scripts. He claims that he was scouted by the New York Yankees and was a player, uh-huh. uh, but he wasn't ever into organized sports at all. Let's see here. <laughs> He once claimed that he wrestled 400 mm. days in a year. 